0: hi guys welcome to the last set podcast today episode 149 joined by my brother from another mother callum what's good man how you uh, been good bro nice to finally get
1: this done i'm trying to get done for like three four weeks sorry man
0: yeah that's all cool i good mean like it r- takes of it. the flu yeah i'm just glad it finally uh happened because when um, after all my time doing this i've always like want to find guests but i nowadays even though i'm not putting out as many episodes I just enjoy getting people on more now than ever. Yeah. Um, and just the fact that I get to keep doing this as well. But also one of the re- big reasons why I want to get you on because I actually starting to feel like now we've known each other for a little bit of time, how quite like-minded we are in a lot of things.
1: 1,000%, man. I think we came each across each other on TikTok first.
0: Yeah. And you, because you're working at
1: UFC. Correct. The UFC gym, yeah. Because I came across your content I was very grabby and like obviously funny and quick. Yeah. And then I noticed you training at Revo one morning. Yep. And then we chatted, because you train at like 4 a.m., you (laughs) (laughs) crazy, (laughs) Honestly. Um, I have to, though. Jesse, I'd rather get it done before you start your day.
0: Correct. Because with all the other things I'm trying to do, I also do sales at my gym from 2 till 7 every day.
1: Just like cold calls and stuff.
0: Yeah. So if I don't get the thing done in the morning, I'm not going to have any time. And it's also my favorite thing to do. And being a, a I love up so much because one, it's fucking cold during the mornings. <laughs> it is. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know
1: why, man. But it's be, some people are there are like four or five. It's busy.
0: I, I know. It. And I've actually spoken to a few of those people that are in there first thing in the fucking morning. Some of the guys are like from the army and all that. So they have to do it uh some people just you know working corporate jobs mma fighters and stuff Correct. crazy man yeah because it's down the road from wolves Den and all that which you used to train as well literally man yeah uh so some people are obviously scratching their heads right now but some people got the picture so Cal, give them an introduction of what you do brother
1: i'm a personal trainer man i've been a personal trainer for i think coming up to seven years now seven eight years now i got qualified when i was about 19 I think I went the OG route and went to TAFE. Nice. <laughs> Didn't do, you know, your typical like t- t- eight, 12 week courses like most people are doing now. Um, I actually did my Cert 3 through TAFE. Heard about the way PT was structured. I'm not sure, quick tangent, but most people aren't familiar with the way PT is structured in most gyms is you have to pay a rent each week to work for the club, it covers all your maintenance fees, whatever like using the equipment and then you take home whatever you earn above that. Uh So the second I heard how much rent was at most gyms each week, I was um, kind of deterred from the industry. So I actually took a break after doing my Cert 3. Just worked in like group fitness and then kind of realized like, nah, like you've got a passion for this stuff. Let's go back and finish your Cert 4. Because I was working as a mechanic at the time. Just honestly... Head down, working on like car parts and stuff most days, and then I'll just be listening to podcasts about like nutrition or training, biomechanics, whatever, even training philosophies, mindset. Mm -hmm. And obviously, I realized one day I had a bit of a light bulb moment, like, Why am I doing this? I need to be doing this, and then I went back and did my cert four and then kind of started slowly working my way back to getting into the gym environment.
0: Well, straight off the bat, already, I highly respect that because. Most, not all, but a lot of my guests have been PTs and I think you've got to be not the longest time spending, but you're up there already because the average lifespan of a PT is very short. Man, it's mad.
1: And like, I actually moved out of home at 19. I'm, oh. almost, I'm 27 now, so I'm almost 30, but, like, I moved out of home at <laughs> 19. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I'm getting old, bro. I so saw you're, you're, you're so young, man. You're I'm 24. A little, you're a little spring chicken, bro. I'm 24. That's anyway, funny. but, you're yeah. You're You're not that far <laughs> off. But, so, I um, I was lived out of home since 19, so, obviously, like, a bit worried about the whole rent-based system, but I was like, nah, like, this is what I'm passionate about. I may as well just jump in. Obviously, we know, we're, you're probably familiar with a lot of other people that, you know, I've got heaps of friends that hate their jobs. And I just, I used to be that guy, you know? And I just, of course, like, I, th- I think I hate, sorry to go off on a bit of a tangent, but I hate that quote that people, most people say like, find a job you love and you'll never work a day in your life.
2: That's bullshit. It's
1: such bullshit, man. No matter what job you find, mm-hmm. you're like, there's always gonna be some days where you don't want to do it or there's gonna be some days where you don't feel like getting out of bed and that resistance is there. And you, those are usually the days when if you actually, you know, just get shit done, you feel so much better and you realize how much pa- how passionate you are about what you do. Um, but yeah, I guess the better way about it, go about it is I have more days. I enjoy doing PT than I used to enjoy doing anything else like laboring or anything and working on cars, you know, just making someone else a bunch of money. Yeah. That's <laughs> what I felt like when I worked for other, when I was an employee, I was working for other people, just making other people money. And it's like, it just leaves you with this almost like lost feeling inside. Like, I know I'm capable of so much more. Yes, and then it's like everyone's like, "Oh, it's so cool to own your own business, start your own business." But the second you start your own business, it's actually you shift all the problems that your boss used to take care of onto yourself. But at the same time, man, I wouldn't change it for the world. Like I said, being out of home, team like working for myself most of the time. Yeah, and it's so fulfilling, man. Like, but like we said, we have those days where it's just gonna be as hard as any other job. But it's 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 harder. It's choose your heart. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I'm choosing my heart. I'd rather be focusing on helping clients troubleshoot their problems with their health, lifestyle, mindset, whatever, rather than troubleshooting a car or making someone else a bunch yeah. of money, you know?
0: You chose your suffering. That's that's important that's really mm. important. Uh but one like, thousand percent, man. Yeah, because uh going back to what you said about oh yeah, if you like a job and never work a day in your life i I always. I don't know where that whole quote actually like come from and all that, but w- there are always going to be, regardless of what you do, tough days. Tough days. Like even if you're a doctor, or fucking, you love your job to bits, and especially also, but like starting your own business is always going to be one of the most scariest things, and then exactly. it's something that you just have to do along the way. But with everything that goes on, I always respect people who have just not all i mean no there's a time to leave something but yeah. the people who really held on to things the longest usually generally get the most amount of benefit because there's always a saying like um growth comes from sorry happiness usually comes from growth and sticking to something and the best way i can compare that to is like do you ever look at a couple and then they say oh we've been together for 30 plus years 40 plus years and how much you immediately just go oh that is so sweet
1: man you have immediate respect for them yeah because they've worked through the hard times you can tell that 100 in that 30 years there's no chance they've just had an easy breezy ride you mm-hmm. know i coach a couple actually that have been married for like 35 40 years probably my most favorite loyal clients like three plus years been working together they've followed me to every gym I won't won't mention names, but they know who they are. Like, I love them to bits. Like, they're my gym mum and dad. Uh. (laughs) They've supported my business so much. And they're, like, number one. They're they're literally, that's prime example. Like, they've been married for 30-plus years, work through issues, support the shit out of each other. You know what I mean? It's, like, same with life. You know what Uh. I mean? You've got nothing but respect for that guy that's working the job they might not like, but they're going home and spending, you know, four or five hours in the afternoon or at night. Before they go to bed on their little side hustle, oh, you know, slowly working it up, yeah, and then before you know it, that side hustle can take over.
0: Are you you actually doing something along those lines? That's what.
1: So I think that's the route I actually went through when I started PT. So like, I what I did. Are you familiar with Jordan Sire? Sorry to mention names, but he's he's okay. Um, I'm Sire Fitness on Instagram. Like he's, I think so, yeah, real big. Like posts a lot of great information. Like very generalized topic, just more about like fat loss, building muscle, general health stuff. Um, I came across his stuff online early on as a PT. Like this is, like I said, when I just finished my Cert 3. And I think every PT on the sun sees like online coaches and they're like, oh my God, I want to be an online coach. (laughs) Like this is us going to go off into another tangent
0: now. That's like the swear words. That's like online coaching is like the M word to (laughs) me, you know what I mean? (laughs) To, To me,
1: I could see early on that I wasn't ready to be an online coach, but I had to I had to earn my my stripes and work my way there. Oh yes, you know to what I mean. Right now. It's, but but it's <laughs> so are, true. Like I had is. to spend years on the gym floor first. Correct. But I thought so. While this is while I was still working my um, mechanic job at the time, mm-hmm. I didn't want to. I didn't. I knew I wanted to work on the gym floor, but I didn't know how I was going to get there just yet. Basically, like doubling back on coming full circle onto paying all that rent and stuff like that. Didn't know I was going to do it. Saw John on site stuff and I was like, sweet, I'm going to start posting these little infographics on Facebook, on Instagram, right? Whatever it may be, comparing calories, fasted cardio, whatever, this little infographic, like, trying to get people's attention. And before I knew it, like, a lot of my friends were really interested in it. People were engaging with it. And I was like, maybe I've got, like, a knack for this. Kept posting, posting, posting. Um, and then basically, yeah, had an offer from a gym. Decided to leave where I was, started working for that gym at the time. Actually got a really good offer. Didn't have to pay any rent. I was a PT manager, (laughs) straight into, from like not even working on the gym floor at all to straight into a PT manager role. was very fortunate, like learned a lot from that. Failed, succeeded, blah, blah, blah. Grew from that stronger. And then yeah, just thought, nah, I'm gonna start my own business, let's go.
0: Okay, so how many gyms did you go? We can say Revo, but how many gyms did you go through before you made it to Revo?
1: Uh, You don't have to make names either. No, no, three. So actually the first gym I was a member at where I I reckon I got most of my like experience talking to people on the gym floor just because I was a member and just seeing gym environments and the way communication styles and the way people communicated. That was Lop Arena. And then I left Lop Arena. I was employed by RBT, which I don't- Results-based training? Result based training, yeah. I don't think they're a company anymore. Really? I'm not 100% sure. I think they might've gone into admission. I'm not sure. But I think they've rebranded to something else now. But I was there for a while, absolutely <laughs> hated that. But looking back on it, it was one <laughs> of the best things I did because I coached like six, seven classes, group classes a day. So I got like tons of experience. A day? Yeah, and like I actually work with a lot of the same people from that gym. Like I said, they've just followed me because we got along so well and built up that relationship. But then, yeah, after RBT was when I got offered that PT manager role at Green Zone, oh. which Green Zone now, there's, I think there's still one in – um, one in Perth, but there was two. There was one up north, really, and right. one in Warwick. But now the one up north, I think, has um, rebranded to World Gym. Oh, now it's World Gym, and um, but a lot of people still work there. Oh, but we took
0: it north, as in Joondalup? Yeah, near Joondalup. I know that one. The one that's right near the shopping center. Yeah, so oh. that's pretty,
1: that's pretty new, man. That was Green Zone before, so that's where I was PT manager before.
0: Is that the only Green Zone now in Warwick?
1: There's one now, in Warwick. Yeah, but yeah. I was at the lot one. Oh, okay. And I think Danny, uh, the owner Danny Green, was obviously oh, trying sure. to sell. Sorry, shot games the Danny. Green. was <laughs> trying <laughs> to. He was trying to sell Green Zone for a while, and then he eventually ended up selling it. The G- lot one. So I think yeah, still has the Warwick one though.
0: Yeah, the Warwick one's pretty good. My one of my friends. Uh, shout out to Jamie. He just started working there. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Sweet. I, th- I think it's um, man, nothing,
1: nothing. Nothing bad to say at all about Danny Green, man. Looked after us, looked after all his staff, Mm -hmm. made us all feel really welcome. Even afterwards, like when I decided to resign and move over to Revo, was super nice about it. Said, man, Calum, you've got a job whenever you want one. Let me know. You've done really well. Thanks for helping us out. Mm -hmm. So nothing bad to say about them. But yeah, props to him, man. Jamie. Probably going to enjoy it then.
0: He, he is already told me he's actually very much enjoying it. Uh, just because it's, I, I love those gyms and I something I do get it as well and I ask, was asking about that. But the ones that really do have the best culture are the ones that are so fucking hard to leave. Like man. regardless, because you get people, they will love their gym so much. They will drive like an hour just to get there. Hands you know what I mean? Down, and then that is so important as well. Because True. I, uh, let's say, for example, in the best one I always see is like fight gyms. Yeah. Have the culture. They had that camarader- camaraderie. I literally thought
1: that as we pulled up because obviously one of the biggest fight gyms around the corner here. Like yes. Riddler's.
0: Yeah. Great place. Been in there a couple of times. Great yeah. people. Uh, where was it going? Um, so how many, uh, okay. So how many years have you been at the current gym you're at right now, Revo?
1: Revo i have only been just over a year. So really? that Junalup one hasn't been open that long. It hasn't? Nah, it's only been open, I think, just over a year. Yeah. Wow. I've been there for a little while. Oh. it's crazy man they just open up gyms left right and center
0: they do they and how, i get really well. like really surprised how they do it because it's such a cheap weekly i don't know i don't know the name do you know the name of the guy who invented the revo company and all that
1: i think andrew holder is one of the majority stake. like he's the one that keeps opening it super successful guy i think he's like same age as you around Fuck. and he's got like married with kids already he's got like that many gyms, man.
0: Jesus Christ, I'm gonna have to talk they to them because <laughs> they, they got p- a
1: real good business model,
0: man. They do, and, and it really like baffles me how well he does it because there's like so many of them. They're popping around everywhere. Is it true they originally started in Scarborough? Like the I first one was. I think got?
1: one of the first ones was Scarborough, but yeah. like yeah, there's like a very um, close knit of boys that started it, and they've slowly just expanded. Yeah. But um, yeah, they got a really good model, man. And I think if you look now, a lot of other gyms are following suit. In terms of pricing structure and stuff, and like contracts and that, because they're realizing like people aren't going to put up with that anymore, man.
0: Well, yeah, well, people—it's a—it's a a market you've got to be adaptable to because people. One thousand percent. It's I'll, I'll say it this way because. One thing I have to you about myself is uh, I used to work in the um, entertainment industry. I used to be a mouse stripper for four years. Awesome, bro! Thank you. And one of the things that we always did on deal- the rigour. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things we always used to be heavily critical of was that it, the pricing was always had to be the same across the board,
1: across different guys. Yeah, yeah. So
0: there was. I remember I had a conversation with one of the guys who was like high up there in the industry. He was telling me like the the diff the problems with all these like different websites. Right, is that they all have the same guys on it, like all these different freelancers. Mm. So if a girl just wants that one guy, she's gonna call up every business until she finds the cheapest one. Yeah, and it's like that with gyms as well. Like if they got all the equipment that most most gyms generally do have, the same equipment. Like yeah. every gym's got squat racks, every gym's got benches, every gym's got dumbbells, every gym's got cardio equipment. Um, but like you say, it's that culture usually. The mo- yes, the most basic things. They're always going to go for one's the cheapest option if they're going to get the same, unless they're looking for something very, very specific. They're willing to pay that extra money for. Yeah. But that is such a small population. That is a smaller population.
1: Yeah. Generally, yeah. Most people aren't willing to pay like super high up now, and I think coming full circle, what Yumi was saying before, even about online coaches and stuff now, is you probably noticed, like I've had to shift things as a personal trainer. You know, you have to make sure that your prices are up there. Mm-hmm. Like even what's called face to face now. I don't know if you've noticed that, like, a lot of people, a lot of people are less likely now to pay that premium price for face to face because of the abundance of information out there, in terms of like programs and online coaches or whatever. But so,
0: so let's take this one step further. Then, how do you justify it then? If like pretty much every, how do you justify your price then?
1: So for me, it depends on the individual. Okay. Like when I'm like doing the initial consult, I will very quickly decide if the person is someone who is willing to invest in themselves that premium price and they're gonna put the work in. Okay. Cause I'm very different, like I'll use, I use the example when I'm selling PT as like, um, I like to describe myself as like a driving instructor. Okay. If you think of a driving instructor when you need to get your driver's license, you pay a driving instructor a pretty premium price. You know, they teach you that little stop for shop or whatever, all the stuff, the logistics that you're gonna have to go through in the test. They give, they empower you with that confidence to pass the test. And then chances are you never hire a driving instructor after you pass that test. You know, you got your license, you're sweet. I like to use that very similar analogy with my clients or even in that initial consultation mm-hmm. where, look, I'm almost like your driving instructor here to help guide you in the gym and like be like almost like a glorified babysitter and then help you feel confident and empower you to manage your training volume, manage your nutrition, manage your lifestyle and your ch- ever-changing goals based on, you know, what, what works best for you. Mm -hmm. You know, with my clients, one of the first things I'll always say in that initial consult as well is there's many roads that lead to Rome, you know, because there's many, something that works for you, Joseph, you know, might not work for myself Mm -hmm. based on our lifestyle, but it doesn't mean that we can't, you know, still get that end result, even though we're both taking different routes. So like, it's really important to always remember that there's many roads that lead to Rome. And then that's where that self-awareness comes in to know what's going to work best for you. And then I think that's our job as the PT, as the coach, to guide our client in that right way. So coming back to what you said in that initial consult is straight away, you know, whether it's a student, someone who's full-time, someone who's, like, super well-off and wants to invest as much as they can in themselves, I'll usually pick up straight away. Like, if it's a student, I'm not going to try and sell them into, like, full price, like, PT every single week Mm -hmm. because what's going to happen there is they might just do a few weeks of that and realize, oh, this is like a bit too expensive. And then they'll drop down. I'd rather set something up in between that might be a little bit more affordable for them. Maybe like an online service or something like that, that they can adhere to a bit better and they're going to stick to it for longer and get better results. You know what I mean? But then for example, like I signed up a guy last week super keen to get into the gym never really got into it but his friends have always been into it and he basically said to me look i want to put my head down for six 12 months on as much muscle as i can
0: those are my favorites
1: one thousand percent same so i can so i knew sweet man like budget wise can you afford this let's do this let's set things up this way and he's been smashing it man whereas someone who might be at university working if like two three days a week the last things i'm going to do is try and offer them you know full price pt counting pennies but they (laughs) might need it man so like in saying that i might offer them one session a month because i might think look we need to look at their breathing mechanics or their movement or something because they're not quite comfortable to train on their own just yet but then doubling back to what we just said before it's like almost that drive instructor analogy trying to make sure you figure out what's best for them and you're empowering them within that situation, and then you know when to step back. Because I'm sure, man, I, I'm sure you know those PTs on the gym floor. that's like, oh man, you sign up for another session. Sign up for another session, like lifetime client, lifetime client. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like when you go to a nightclub, s- single girls can smell if you're like just there to pull girls. You know, if you're on the gym floor just trying to find lifetime clients, people can smell that you're just like looking for money. You know, you're not actually there mm. trying to do your job. And actually help people bridge the gap. Because that's what our job is, let's be honest. I like just that, I like that I, analogy. <laughs> you girls I mean? girls are good at
0: picking that up as well, I guess. They're so good at picking that up.
1: And <laughs> yeah. vice versa, guys are the same at picking that up, but girls a little bit overly keen. It's usually kind of off-putting. You know what I mean? Same with PT. It's like if you're straight away throwing prices down their throat, that first conversation, and you don't even know anything about them, you don't even know their budget, you don't even know who they are, like what they do for work like how can you just start throwing prices at them when you don't even know what's going to work best for them
0: okay so i wanted to ask now that we've talked about you know that that pt cuz i can I, i've been there I, mm. we both we've all been there because when you start your pt business for the first time there's going to be that scarcity you're gonna, you're trying to get what the fuck you can in 100% and then there's all these pts as well that have to work that other part-time job to subsidize it what they're doing so how would you give advice to those people starting out who are trying to not be like you know that creepy dude in the club?
1: Starting out as a PT? Yeah. Man, I wish I could go back and do things all over again. <laughs> Biggest thing I reckon I'd do is I would just spend as much time on the gym floor as I could when I started, which is exactly what I did when I was a PT manager at Green Zone. When I started, obviously I was very fortunate I wasn't paying rent because of the position I was in um, managing the other PTs, but I still was in the gym morning, night, hanging around, sitting behind the reception desk on my laptop, just. Just there, you know? And then what I'll say is the same in the online presence is posting stories, just posting what you're doing, Mm -hmm. even in your training, even if you're coaching your aunties, like even if you're coaching your cousin for free because it's the only person who wants to work with you because you just started, post their journey, you know, document that rather than trying to create stuff because what you're going to do is then in the online space, whenever anyone's interested in PT, Say, for example, we're talking about you, Joseph's always gonna be there, you know? You're gonna be the first person they see. So when they think of PT, when someone mentions PT, they're gonna think, oh, Joseph, because you're always in the forefront of their mind, vice versa on the gym floor. If that member is coming into the gym every, different times every day, but you're still there, they're gonna be, start connecting the dots and go, oh, like maybe he's gonna be able to help me if they need a hand, you know? I can't stand those PTs that just like, they'll jump straight online and, (sighs) And they're like, like we were saying before, you know, they're like, oh, I want to be an online PT, and it's like, I want freedom,
0: you know. Yeah, sorry. I'll do. I'll do. You one better, man? People who jump online who don't even have any certifications to start. Oh. <laughs> I've met those. Man, the
1: meal plan ones. Oh, Bro, they're writing you know, that's meal illegal. plans. <laughs> it's so illegal. <laughs> they're writing meal plans and they don't even have a qualification. Yeah. And I'm just like, man, it's it's because what they don't realize is they think that they're helping the individual, but what I don't what I see as an experienced coach is. You're, you, you you could be actually harming the individual because Correct. you could be, could be creating de- deficiencies. You could be creating f- poor relationships with food. You could be creating like reliances. Uh, I, man, the list goes on. You know yeah. what I mean? And it, it makes me sick, man. Because oh. we should just refer out. Yeah. What's wrong with referring out to a nutritionist or someone you respect in your circle?
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a confession then. So I dabbled into online last year, at this time last year, yeah. when I've officially been... Because I've been team for just over I think it was a two just before the two-year mark and I said to myself oh I've got I got I had I just left the industry yeah and I wanted to invest in myself so I had a business killing <laughs> no, that oh, they came to me. Oh
1: no. Yeah,
0: I know. I know. No, uh, yeah, so oh my voice. god,
1: life coach here
0: earns six figures now By yeah. the end of this week. <laughs> it was exactly like that. Oh, it was like it was cool. I can't sick. even say the name, I will say it off the screen. Yeah, if yeah, I yeah. say the name of the place, yeah. you'll throw just fuck that fucking water bottle at me. <laughs> anyway, being myself, I had the money. And I thought it was a good investment because I thought, oh, I, w- I mean, this is my life. This is my career. If I make, I may as well make a mess of it and clean it up. So that yeah. was the attitude I had. So I dabbled into it. And then I got to the four month mark and I thought to myself, Joe, what the fuck have you done? And I hated it. And I was paying them every month, money, every month. It's a lot. Eh? And it's a lot of, f- I can't even say how much it is, but it was by the time I actually put the fucking figure on it, I went to my accountant, my accountant looked at how much money I spent to them. And he's like, are you fucking serious? And my accountant goes, yeah, that's how much. And he's like, do you know how much money? He's like, mate, you spent more money on that and then your fucking car. And it's like, is it tax deductible? And he goes, I'll see oh. what I can do.
1: <laughs> Man, you know, the funny thing is most of these business coaches had never even been like in the fitness industry or never even no. actually had a successful business. No. They just might know how to use like... I guess Facebook or Instagram marketing or yeah. whatever, a little bit better than yourself. I or just might've done some course.
0: I know. And I find it so fake. Oh man. Like I was, I'll tell you a scenario I had. I want like where you and me get relatable is I love the funny shit you post by the way. Same as you, man. And I was all about that. I was like the kind of, I love cause for me, I always believed you should, when you put your content out on Instagram, you don't have to do what everyone's doing. You just have to do something you fucking enjoy. And
1: you have to be yourself. Yeah. That's the number one thing. Everyone's trying to be like someone
0: else. Yeah. So they, I I got to a point where I was like, I thought I was struggling because I was putting out all this like funny content a day, but I was still enjoying it, but it wasn't getting me anything in return. Uh, And I went to them for help and I was like, hey, what do I do? I'm doing this and I'm doing this and doing this. And then their answer was just, just post more. You got to be more sentimental. (laughs) That's what they said. You've got to be more sentimental. Post seven times a day, bro. Don't worry.
1: Like your your audience is going to love that. You know, they're not going to think like it's too much. (laughs) Yeah. And then they said
0: something along the lines of, you've got to write emotional posts about the darkest times of your life. And I'm like, why? What? I'm (laughs) like, for for example, I'll tell you this. I'm deaf. I lost my hearing when I was free, but I'm going to go around, tell him like sprouting out of every conversation that's I had. That's the
1: first thing we've spoken about. The yeah. first time we spoken about it. Yeah. You know? And
0: I don't need to fucking put, tell everybody on social media. And yeah, going through that, I would say it was a hard time for my family, but yeah. I don't need to fucking like put it on a pedestal. You know what, what I mean? What I mean? So that's when I realized i fucked up. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I'm out of it now. many
1: people seek that like... Um, What's the word for it they seek that like validation yeah validation yeah. or like they you know that attention uh, yeah for having something wrong and it's like
0: what and they make it sound like they're so brave like it like, whenever i see like one of those instagram posts oh we're not sh- look if it works for you guys <laughs> it works for you guys <laughs> but every time i see an instagram post like that starts with i probably shouldn't post this but i'm going to <laughs> i'm just like scroll plus <laughs> literally
1: <laughs> or, or or when they like announce that they're taking a break
0: or they've been away from social media.
1: I'm like, bro, your life isn't that important. People don't realise that you've gone away or come back. (laughs) Like I'm similar to you, man. Sometimes like I'll just have weeks where I don't want to post or have weeks where I'm not switched on. And man, those weeks I won't post. You know, I'm not going to force myself because I don't want to create this bad relationship with it and actually not enjoy it. Like what you said before, like you want to post stuff that you enjoy. Exactly. But coming back to what I was saying before, even about um, starting to post on Insta, like, yeah, most online coaches are just like, like most people get in the industry and they're like, I want to be an online coach. It's like, I always say to people like, wait until someone asks you yeah. like, oh, can I rather just do like online coaching? Like, yeah. do you have like a cheaper option? Yeah, You know what I mean? And set something up. Like, I don't know about you, but I started on like spreadsheets, just coaching like my mates and like mm-hmm. my brother's friends and stuff like that. Because like, I just wanted the experience and I wanted to help them out because I was seeing that they were doing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until actually got enough interest where I was like, oh, maybe I'll use a platform, I'll yep. start downloading stuff, whatever. But coming back to the social media thing, man, so many people are doing like social media, like I feel like they're doing it wrong, trying to be like someone else. Oh. You know, they're trying to, I don't know, that they're, they're trying to almost one up their audience and trying to show people that they're like so much smarter or they know so yes. certain things where it's like, like you said before, it's like you have to just be yourself. It's like, I, I reckon the most important thing is having that self-awareness of what you're going to post if, you're, if you find something funny mm-hmm. and if you can make it well and if you can portray a message well, if you find that funny, post it, bro. Yeah. You know, if, if you want to share your physique or whatever and you feel like you're doing well and you're confident, post it. You never know you might inspire someone else. Exactly. You know what I mean? And it's like no matter what you post, there's always going to be someone out there that's like, oh, what an idiot, what a Correct. fucking idiot. That's Correct. so gay, bro. Correct. But it's like if you find it funny and if your close circle and your friends and stuff support you and stuff like that, give a fuck
0: what anyone else thinks, man. Yeah. I'm always the the best thing that so the, uh, a positive I will say because we bagged a lot on online coaches is I respect is when you talk about being yourself as well as just wanting the skills of being able to create content and reach out to people not because you want to make the money. The money is the number if they is the thing these, these businesses, they rope you on and it roped me on because that's always one thing I was chasing a bit at the time. And that's where you make all the wrong decisions and that's when you're not in for the right reasons. If I, I met this, um, I know this, a couple of PTs in the online world who I follow just because of their content and how yeah. much they're devoted to just actually doing the good shit. Man, they're doing their reps. Like um, a good one is uh, Richard Collins. We know him yeah. in Perth. He's always just putting up very basic things.
1: It's basic, but it's simple is significant. Correct. You know what I mean?
0: And he's not trying to sound like he's a genius. Exactly. It's not
1: at all. And even though he probably could, you know, he He could could flex (laughs) on a lot of us. But for example, like someone like Richard, like versus someone like myself, like you have that self-awareness. Like, I know I'm not the most, you know, intellectual guy. I can't talk, you know, to cellular level about gut health, whatever. But I can make people laugh. I've always been a class clown at school yeah i've always made people laugh i was expelled from school in year 10 like wasn't it really yeah like (laughs) i honestly just stupid stuff man like i was never that school intellectual like book smart guy but i was always you know looking around i was always the sporty kid i was always interested interested in stuff but like we're saying sorry about before about even just just the content in general like yeah you have to respect the grind so many online pts are super consistent posting every day posting that But it's the ones that have spent years on the gym floor. Mm -hmm. They've learned volume, tonnage, reps, sets, rest periods. They've learned how to communicate. They've learned like how to troubleshoot people's problems. And then they take that experience of years on the floor Mm -hmm. and transfer that online where it's like, I've I've even been able to have the self-awareness to go, all right, maybe I'll do another, you know, 12, 24 months at Revo. And then I feel like that's a solid chunk of like years on the floor, multiple gyms, that's when I can transition things online. Correct. You know, and that's when I feel like it's going to be better online anyway. Like I was looking forward to coming and having this conversation with you today. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I never want to set my life up where I have to feel like I'm forced to do things. So I feel like the second PT starts feeling forced or I start not enjoying it, then for me, that's when I'll probably start to step back and see how I can do things different. Now, I've always had the self-awareness in the sense of PT is one of my revenue streams. I've got multiple revenue streams for that very reason. I never wanted to become solely invested in one of those. Okay. So like I'll do multiple other things. Like I do like a lot of care work and support work. Really? Because that keeps me away from PT. That keeps me grounded, patient as a person. But then it also helps me financially, you know, where I don't need to look at PT as just an income. Really? Really? How long? You, what, what, else,
0: what else do you do then? So I
1: was fortunate enough when I was a mechanic tied up around the same time, one of my best friends started working in the disability industry and he started doing like uh, support work, care work. So obviously basically when young individuals with disabilities finish school, turn about 18, 19, obviously their parents and things like that are out working. They're not just going to leave their child at home. They're, there's The government's um, got, you know, NDIS put in place your national disability insurance scheme basically to help these individuals still achieve their goals, go out, you know, train. They might work on skills they need to develop to progress and move out of home or cooking, lifestyle changes, things like that. So basically I was lucky enough, one of my best friends started working in the disability industry and this was the time when I was really starting to hate PT. But I was starting to post those little infographics on Instagram, starting to kind of get my foot back into the fitness industry and away from the mechanics. And he was fortunate enough to give me a position there. And that's where it really started for me, man, because I was lucky enough to have this care job where I started working about nine in the morning and finished at 2.30. So going from a mechanic shift like 6am till 2pm to going to 9.30am starts to 2pm is like the dream. You know, I could wake up in the morning, train, make content, post it and then go do my job and then come back and then repeat. You know, I I had so much time to do that stuff and I wasn't exhausted from just like, you know, working on cars or whatever all day.
0: You know, wow. And do you still do the whole yeah. Care- caring? Yeah, wow. so I still so do
1: support work three days a week. Wow. Very fortunate. Like, like I said, it's just during that day. So it even ties in really well with my PT now. I do my, co- I co- coach my clients in the morning, and then I'll go pick up. Um, I will mention Nick because Nick's the only guy I support. He's one of my best friends. Like, love him to bits. I've been with him, me and him been hanging out for like three years, and I hate even saying that I'm like looking after him or something like that. The term because I feel like we've just developed a friendship. He's super high-functioning, fun, high like me and him get along so well. Me and his family are really close. So I used to do a lot of support work, but now I just look after
0: Nick. Wow. Oh, I didn't see that. I didn't know that, man. Most
1: people don't know, man. Like, they'll see me bring – because uh, Nick's, like, been hanging around in gyms with me for years because obviously I work in the gym, so I'll pick him up and we'll hang out and he trains. You see the – You've probably seen him, yeah. I and
0: probably – I don't, I don't know if I'm going to put – is he the blind chap? No. Nah. No,
1: no, nah, he's not. No,
0: I think there's someone
1: who has the guide
0: dog. Yeah, that comes in,
1: yeah, you might have seen. No, that's um, one of my other... what's it called one of the other PT's clients. Shout out to
0: that guy. Fucking, You're I, I it takes balls, well takes guts to want to help out those people and all that because it's extra work you have to take care of for them. And one all thousand
1: that. percent, man. But obviously, like I said, fortunate enough for me, like that was something that took me away from you know the automotive industry, which. Man, I'm I, I. couldn't give a rat's ass about cars. Like some people, <laughs> so some people like love that shit. Yeah. But like, I just bro. I scratch my brain. Those guys that have a massive beer gut and they care more about their, you know, Holden commie than they do about their health. And it's mm. like, bro fix your meat vessel and then, in, <laughs> and then invest in your little fun toys. I don't understand, man. You know what I mean? But each to their own. Like that's, that's been themselves. So, yeah, by coming back to that, like, yeah, people have always thought that Nick's like my little brother or something like that because we've always just hung out in gyms. Wow. But, yeah, I've been fortunate enough, man. That's also like kept me super grounded and patient as a person because okay. I could be having the worst day in the world. Uh-huh. And I could pick up, I could pick him up and I could be like, it's all perspective. It is. Like, you know, it's all perspective. Like I can shift it straight away because I see in his eyes, he's just so grateful to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. So grateful to go out for lunch or to do something fun. You know what I mean? Get some sun. And I'm like, it's the small things. It literally is.
0: It is because how I can relate to you on that one was the last guest I had, one of the last guests I had on my podcast, his name was uh, Connor Johnson. He's a BJJ. He's, he does BJJ, and he has cerebral palsy. Yeah. So he, and it's down the left side of his body. Yeah. You know, he, he, he has a very limited Crazy. function, very limited function on the left side of his body. Yeah. He does just not let him hold him back at all. And he can, he's a blue belt in BJJ. He's getting ready for PAMS. Shout out to that guy. Beast. He, he's a beast. And it just, I just look when I was sitting there listening to him, I remember there was something going through my head at the time that I was really pissed off about. I can't remember actually what it was, but when I was listening to him, I was like, what the fuck am I complaining Nine about? thousand percent. And Which I had brings a, you straight back down. It does. Yeah. And I feel like everybody like can benefit from that. If you look just go to I mean, it's not we're trying to pity them or anything like that, but they are being dealt they've been dealt a certain hand of cards. And then not letting that stuff like holding them back.
1: 1,000%.
0: And the uh, the best – the other thing I can do uh, – relate to is I took a trip to Bali with my girlfriend. Uh, I think it was last month, yes. And I'd never been to Bali okay. before. Oh, really? Never been. I've been to Thailand a couple of times. See, and
1: you, what you're about to say is probably very similar to how I've had my first Bali experience, I reckon. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what were you going to say? You go to this country... I think it's going to be amazing. They
0: got fuck all. These people have got literally fuck all. And they're so... I don't want to say fuck all, but they they have limited things. So great. They don't give a shit about social media. They don't give a shit about what... Uh, um, look the like, fucking Kim yeah. Kardashian's doing no, it. give a shit. What they're designer just like,
1: brands they're wearing, they no. couldn't give a shit, yeah.
0: They're just happy to be out there on the street seeing people. You go into their store, even though some of them are a bit stingy and co- try and cut you up, but you give them, like, and they give everything 100%. Like, you go, and I just remember in Bali, I was saying to my girlfriend, holy shit, everything tastes better here. Like, even the coffee yeah. tastes better there. And... I knew very lack about the currency when I was going there. I didn't realise that I think it's one dollar equals to like ten thousand is it rupee? Yeah. Rupee or, or something or like something that. Like, yeah. So when you get the red, the highest note that they we have in yeah. Australia is the hundred dollar note. The yeah. highest note that they have in their country is equivalent to ten dollars. Mm. So you give them a ten dollar tip, which I thought was like, like oh I gotta do this. I love good service. Yeah. They'll break down and start crying in front of you and all that. Yeah,
1: that's like their like food for the month. Y- yeah. You know, to support their family for the month yeah and that's what i mean it's like coming back to what you said even about um the last guest you had on it's like he doesn't let those things like even people by there don't let their situation yeah. hold them back yeah. they don't create these limiting beliefs versus i'm sure you've been in the same as me completely fine like we go to post something we're like oh you know someone might laugh at us or oh fuck, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not smart enough to post this or oh should i say this and it's like you're just creating these like limiting beliefs in mm-hmm. your head mm-hmm. you know what I mean but yeah it's like s- so many people are so worse off and it's like it, it it's important to have that self-awareness and know the situation you're in and and just try and step back and be grateful for a man I always have the ability to do that I feel like just because I was born in Botswana in Haboni
0: Botswana Huberoni. so <laughs> I have no no knowledge of where that is it's in southern Africa so it's like really? yeah so it's like oh. I was
1: I moved here I think in two thousand and six or something like that yeah so i've so i grew up mostly in botswana so i've only moved here in like year six or seven okay so i um i've always had the ability to you know i grew up with my houses surrounded with electric fences you know we'd wake up in the morning and they'd be blankets and things over the electric fence, people trying to break in the Holy night before. Holy shit. You know, like my mom tells me stories all the time of like us getting broken into when I was younger. Oh fuck. But so it's like when you move to Australia and you see like, you know, this you just knocking someone's front door, there's no electric fences, no gates, no security cameras. Yeah. It's like, oh, like it's such a different environment. It allows you to step back and have that completely different perspective and be so grateful for it, you know, cause you're so much better off. But then, even saying that is as I've got older, it's funny. I remember when I was younger, I used to think of the people that used to break into our house and stuff and like evil and criminals and oh my God. But then, as I've got older, it's like I've realized that a lot of the people that used to break into our house were like just fleeing from other countries in horrible situations, just trying to feed their family. You know what I mean? Obviously, I'm, there's outline cases of horrible people doing horrible things. But a lot of the time, like I think these people that were doing bad things, especially when I was younger, is like, they're trying to, you know, just feed their families. Once again, it's all perspective. It's like, th- that's the situation. That's the cards that they've been dealt with. Wow. You know what I mean? But it's like, and that's why I, I struggle sometimes, man. I'm not going to lie. Like, I'll struggle sometimes to come to hear of like certain people like complaining about their current situations oh, and God. things. Like, I my, my circle is like pretty small, man. Like, Me I too. I can't take on like too many like, new friends or anything. I can't surround myself with too many negative people. Because I'll just get sucked into that before I realise like you're uh, it's you're the sum of those five people you surround yourself with. Like mm-hmm. I'm, heard, I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast has heard that. Yeah. But it's it's so true, man. If you're investing yourself and spending so much time with someone who's negative and draining your energy, you're going to struggle to see a positive outlook on anything.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, we've all had that person in our life that's having a bad day or client. For you and me man sometimes like i'll just feel like a therapist at work yeah you know i have yeah. like six seven therapy sessions where i'm just <laughs> letting people are unloading undo- their divorces <laughs> breakups like shit sex life and i'm just like whoa <laughs> you know what i mean like, like you don't need to go into that much detail but at the same time it's like yeah i struggle to step back and go like you know you have to step back and go like that's their issues you know what i mean that's their problems their perspective their life they haven't you can't rattle someone like i've dated girls in the past and Really struggled with it in a way, like I've heard them being negative, or whatever. And I've said like, you know, like just try and see things this way, and it's it's hard because it's like I'll see things a certain way, and exactly. they're like, you know, they're like, oh my god, sh- Callum, like shut up, I can't see things like that, and it's like, oh, it's like so frustrating, you. Know? you yeah, you
0: can't force, you can't force, you can That's the problem. But you
1: can't force someone to but think.
0: For a lot, of th- I will relate to that because a lot of the issues that they g- like, we have, we. The way I'm hearing it from you is, if you've come up into a life where you've you've kind of been brought up in a life where you met the idea of suffering in its in quite a, in a pure form, you know, so in its purest form from a very very early age. Very early. Like um, I don't even know. I'm gonna get my get my phone now. I have to look after this. But tell me more about the country where you were born in and all that, because I've never heard of Botswana. I was born in Botswana, a small town called Kabrani. Okay. So it's um,
1: what's it called they speak. Um, Setswana Completely different language They don't speak Afrikaans oh. It's very It's it's weird I get lumped in Like when people hear I'm from Botswana they're, Oh you're South African You know what I mean Okay But it's like Afrikaans South African And it's like Dutch African is very different Yeah You know Nothing against super like Strong Afrikaners Okay But they're just Yeah it's it's very Like it's a different Almost culture to I feel like There's parts of Africa Where like things are very different Like I personally Have never gone back to Botswana Okay Khabaruni I've never had any desire to I've still got extended family there.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Love them to bits, but I just, like I said, man, no desire to go back there at all. Have, however, gone back to Cape Town in um, what's called, because my grand lives there, and it's so beautiful with the mountains and stuff. And, man, we could talk honestly for hours. Like, my mum and dad got divorced when I was three, and that's I stayed in Botswana with my mum, and she remarried. My dad moved to the States. Wow. So my dad's been living in the States most of my life, so every year... Um, obviously minus all this COVID crap that happened. But, but before that, like every single year, I was flying to see my dad in the States. So mum would put me... Mum and dad still never spoke for years. Really? Mum, <laughs> mum would put me on one end of the in Botswana <laughs> uh, on the on the plane and dad, an unaccompanied minor would look after me, you know, and then dad would get me off the other side. So fun, bro. I would get like treated like royalty, you know, because obviously you're travelling by yourself, unaccompanied minor, you get rose to yourself or the air stewardesses coming and looking after you and stuff like that. What? But yeah, so I was like... I've been fortunate enough to experience a lot of the world growing yeah. up. Yeah. And my dad's obviously cuz I'll see my dad a week or two in the year. Like it's kind of like that week or two will be like the coolest week or two that we can possibly make it. Nice. And my dad's pretty well off so he's like always set things up so we've had the most fun we could possibly have gone to see Grand Prix, yeah. skiing, I had lunch with Lewis Hamilton once with my dad, like holy crazy shit. stories, man. Like wow. honestly stuff that people wouldn't even believe. I don't even my, only my close friends know about it you know what oh, i mean wow. but yeah my dad's basically always given me the best life he possibly could okay in that short period of time okay but then mum's treated me super well but yeah dad's a ski instructor in america man wow my dad was in the olympics in 1992 for slalom skiing Shit. it's either 1992 or 1991. holy it'll kill, crap will kill me for getting that wrong
0: that's that's all aw- that's fucking awesome well the way I've, I've, i'm seeing this uh, i just wanted to circle back to my point you've experienced a certain level of s- a certain kind of stress from a very young age living in Botswana, obviously having your parents divorced at a very young age. You talk about people trying to break into your house and yeah. fences. That's what you're accustomed to. Understood. So everything else below that is just, it's nothing. So when you talk about all oh, the girls and this is bothering them, yeah. it's because it's nothing compared to that it's, level of what uh, you are. It's nothing, man. And I feel like that's what's important about people like – if someone's coming to me and it's like, I'm not saying, I don't want to be an ass if it's like, um I don't want to be an ass like if it's something really destructive like a death of a loved one yeah or something or horrible like that. Man, you, got, you got to read the room. Yeah. <laughs> but if it's like someone came to me with a flat tire, I'm just like,
1: oh, yeah. Did you get it sorted? Do you need a hand? Yeah. Like it's not like, yeah, it's not a massive thing. Exactly. Oh my God. Yeah.
0: It's not like people trying to break into your fucking house.
1: (laughs) Literally, man, man, I've got a a great example. I dated this girl when I was 19. I won't mention names for probably five, four or five years. We went to Bali a few times on holiday together. I remember once she got her nails. Where? Bali. Oh, sorry. I remember once she got her nails done right before we went to Bali. We were like play fighting when we landed in Bali and she broke a nail. Yeah. I think it was about a 24, 48-hour turnaround where <laughs> I didn't stop hearing about that nail being broken, bro. I swear down. Whereas we both know other girls that something like that would happen and they go, oh, it's all right. I'll just get it fixed. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's all perspective. So, yeah, like I said, for me, it's – yeah, I had trauma when I was growing up. You know, mm-hmm. I saw bad things. And the hardest thing was, I think, is I was young and impressionable and my – like – my subconscious mind was still being impro- in, like improvised by all that stuff you know like I didn't realise it at the time but it's like it formed who I was as a person and yeah it formed my thought patterns and like mm-hmm. almost that perspective like that level you know yeah. but I can I, I can I think as I'm getting older like I can um, what's it called relate to people a bit more on like even smaller situations like I'll try and see things from their point of view and try and not say because I'm guilty of it man we all want someone sometimes like especially if it's a partner or something like mm-hmm. Oh, why can you just like see things what I, how I see them? Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like you're never going to change someone how they see things, how they act. And I think that's the important thing, even in relationships, is making sure that we're not um, having these expectations of our partner or how a certain person should act, and rather step back and try and see them for who they are, and maybe why they see things like that as well, because they don't have that past trauma, they don't have that past experience, or like you said, they don't have people that fucking trying to break in their house growing up. Like to me, that's the last thing I even think about when I was younger. You know, like I said, I've, I've I have the ability now to see those guys breaking in and go. They were just trying to feed their family. Mm. Is what it is, you know.
0: Yeah. Uh, how did you? Wh- wh- what age did you like sort of come to that understanding? Like, where like oh, they're just trying to feed their family. Like, was it something that happened during your time? Or? I think
1: it was like at the time I didn't realize it. Obviously, I was scared as a young kid. Like, what's it called? But um, we used to have um, we'd have an electric. Uh, we'd have an alarm code we'd have to put in every night. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, my the alarm code we used is my passcode on my phone now. Oh, wow. So I always think about it because we always used to put it in. And uh, I guess it just makes me think sometimes. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's that perspective growing up, even seeing like talking to my mum now about the stories in a bit more detail and what happened and things and hearing a bit more about what actually happened. You know, a lot of people fled from Nigeria into Botswana why? And there was no work. There was no uh, jobs. A lot of the stuff happening. Even if I'm sure you're familiar with a lot of the bad stuff that happened in Zimbabwe with like inflation. and. I'm not actually. And stuff. Man, we could go on for hours. Okay. You know what I mean? But it's a lot of corruption basically, okay. you know, high up in government, people inf- uh, printing money, things like that. And obviously it's going to take its toll on an economy, you know? And you look at the state of Zimbabwe now, it's, it's, a, it's a direct um, representation of like what um Robert Mugabe did in his previous power, like they're still suffering from it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But anyway, basically just using that as an example, like from a lot of other countries people are fleeing. Like a lot of people would flee from Nigeria to Botswana to try and, you know, get jobs or feed their families or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like I'm not justifying saying, yeah, break new house is good, but they almost had nothing else to do. You know, they they couldn't <laughs> feed their families. And I'm sorry if you're surrounded by these like massive houses and shit, like you're eventually gonna be like, let's take a bit of this. Like who cares? Mm-hmm you know mm. i guess it's 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 the world we live in now there's not these systems in place to help people like that you know what i mean and it's sad because we all have the we have the capability of doing it but i think as a society and like we're just not there yet hopefully one day i think things are slowly getting better
0: yeah well how i hear it is people who come from those cultures it's it's what they value. It's just that how they get by, and it's what they value. In it's all your that. Va-
1: yeah, yeah, hundred percent, man. It just comes down to your value systems yeah. and like what makes you feel, you know, supported and well off. And like, I was very fortunate. Like my mum remarried, um, a few years after my parents got divorced. My mum remarried.
0: Um, uh, just so, just checking. Do you have any siblings or
1: anything like that? And I'm one of six.
0: You're one of six. So I'm. Oh my god.
1: <laughs> so I'm my only. I'm my only. Um, what's it called. I'm the only product of that marriage with my mom. Oh, so you've got half siblings? Yeah, so I've got half and step. So my mom's remarried and had three kids um, to my stepdad. My stepdad already had two kids from a previous marriage. Okay. So we basically all came together in one huge family now.
0: And where do you sit in six? Are you the oldest? Pretty bang in the middle,
1: man. I think there's like a it's like a 40-some-year-old. Oh, geez. A dentist. Wow. There's like a Respect. 20-some-year-old doctor or 30-some-year-old doctor now, she is. And then my brother's like. 21 sister's about to turn 20 my little brother's 11 so i'm 27 boom kind of bang in the middle okay all my all my what's it called um all my siblings have gone to university except for me except for obviously the 11 year old yet but he's looking, <laughs>
0: like, he's, looking like he's, he's looking like he's gonna go well if he does he's like i don't want to go to uni <laughs> I mean, it's like this
1: running joke you know like nothing against people that go to uni i just <laughs> oh never right. i just never had that I think looking back now, if I realised what I was going to do today, I would have gone and done like, you know, a psychology or an exercise phys or something like that mm-hmm. or exercise science. But at the time, I just physically couldn't see and I did not want to get into that debt. Mm-hmm. You know, what everyone does, like everyone's buying houses, getting into what's called jump financing, like way too expensive cars because they want to look a certain way or yeah. jumping into these degrees that they don't even half know if they want to do. Yeah, the and they're just cheap past- in debt.
0: Everyone doing shit the past time. It's embarrassing, man. Look, there's one thing people take away from me, and I say it all the time. Um, it's no one knows what the fuck they're doing in life. Oh. They're just going off your best guess. So sometimes when I meet people, they have all this absolute over-vilification over, over of confidence and they are so certain. I tell them the more certain you are about something, the more anxiety it's going to induce.
1: Oh man, I'm sure (laughs) you'd be able to, what's it called? It's the Dunn Kruger effect. When you get into something, is it called the Dun Kruger effect? When you get into something and you think you know so much more than you actually do. And then the more you learn about that topic, the more you realize how much you don't know. And that's me right now, man. Like I'm learning, the more I've learned about like, like nutrition or biomechanics Mm or um stress and recovery like the more i've learned about that the more i realize i don't know correct and the more mentors i've hired the more courses i've done so it's like whereas you come into the industry don't you reckon yeah where you might have like a very small narrow like as a pt like whether it's bodybuilding or powerlifting and you can't help but you're biasing all your clients to that yeah and it's like you step back and you go oh no I like re- it's like an ego thing as well.
0: I had that. I literally had that because my story was I went to you I went to uni and I got lucky because I had early acceptance. Yeah. So I figured I had a lot of I didn't actually want to go. I've ever since I was sixteen I said, you know, I'm gonna be a PT, I wanna do this.
1: Parents wanted you to go? Yeah. Yeah, bro. Mom. Right. <laughs> Mom, honestly but
0: look, I was She had the best intention. She did. Yeah. And I in looking back at it in hindsight, she was right. She really did because she fought so hard and my parents god bless them they fought so hard to get me through school and they got me into a good school i don't even want to say the name but if i told you what school i went to after the pod you'd be like ah okay but private i went school? i was huh private school private school yeah same man okay all boys private school oh no yeah you get the picture <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they did and they fought hard and i did uh, i was i was a pretty decent student decent enough to get into the course i wanted like uh, acceptance so Argue with my mum, loving mum, all that. I um I said to myself, I'll go and I'll see the first week. And if I don't like it in the first week, I'll drop out and I won't tell her. I went there and I was just so challenged to stay. Not because I did actually like it, but at the same time I say, look, this is a challenge and I know it's gonna make me look better if I just stay here. Yeah. Now that's something it's so petty it's so petty to say, yeah, but that was the main reason that kept me going and then um, straight off the bat, because I was lucky to go to one a pretty good university, UWA, do sports science, exercise and health, went straight into PT. I thought, because I had done a double degree at a decent university, that I thought I was better than everyone. Yeah. I knew fuck all when I got into that. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Man, the fact you can say that though, yeah.
1: shows how much better off, like how much self-awareness you have, mm-hmm. because how, yeah, how many people come out of uni, straight onto the PT floor, and they, like, think they know so much more than you. But they have zero, like, actual face-to-face, hands-on experience, maybe a few prac hours, whatever. Yeah, a few prac hours. And, and, like, a in in an environment that's staged, you know, to suit a test or whatever, mm-hmm. not an actual full-on day, seven, eight clients, back-to-back, not mm-hmm. eating, three coffees down, slept three hours the night before you were up at 4 a.m. You know, that's real-life experience. So, I'm like, I've had, like, that's sick that you've had the ability to say, like, looking back after you – because I'm sure at that time you were probably a dick to hang around with, like, thinking yeah. you knew way better than everyone else. It was,
0: it was straight out well, – of what the, the other How thing long was me, it was I always knew I had a good – I did build up a good work effort from a very young age because my mum and dad uh, were always telling me to get a job when I was 13, 14. And then the one thing that's always stayed constant throughout my whole life is getting up early and getting things done, which, yeah. which I'm still doing. But the main thing for me was work because when I was in – High school I felt a lot out of place Because I always had a job And I came from I'm not saying I didn't I didn't grow up poor in England But Me and my Me and my family We did struggle and when we got here to Australia We did struggle still Yeah And then my parents did divorce As well when I was 12 Oh So I knew what it was like to yeah. To be Not on your own But to yeah be left to your own devices
1: that's a hard age as well 12
0: yeah mm, it's conf- a confusing time yeah i can imagine yeah eh? you just wake up in the morning and your dick's just like, <laughs> and, you're like what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and then you see a girl in <laughs> a teacher and you're like it's confusion do i love you what the fuck is going on what's going on in my house man
1: i'd kill to be that age again
0: oh uh, really yeah I reckon. Uh, go back no. and do <laughs> it all over again ah uh, fuck no well i i've like, trying to get sidetracked when sorry, i turned man. 24 i was thinking no no this is the age you're supposed to fucking be right now yeah uh, um where am i going with sorry, this? sorry what are you saying yeah you're saying yeah about when work, you realized yeah. yeah and then the most important lesson the time i ever learned was and i hold this to this day when i was in university i used to work for a company <gasps> where, um dealing with freight 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 all that um unloading boxes i would go to a dock depot yeah at 4 a.m. in the morning, I wake up at 3, get there for 4. I work from 4 to 8 a.m. Just unloading shipping containers of boxes nonstop. By the time it was 8 a.m., yeah, it was rough work and all that. But it was l- And it was labor. And I go straight to uni all day and I fall asleep in my lectures and all that sort of shit.
1: It's building up that work ethic. Yeah. yeah
0: and I told myself, I learned, I say this this day, when I graduated uni, and they say, what was the most important thing you learned? And I said, I can't really tell you because I learned more from working in a deposition and I did actually le- working, studying at uni. I'm sorry. <laughs> no,
1: exactly, man. Yeah. And I, I think you're probably similar to me as you've had a lot of jobs that you didn't like. Correct. But I'm so glad I had all those jobs because it made me realise what I didn't want to do.
0: Okay, so what one was for you like the most beneficial then?
1: Man, honestly, it's funny to say, but I think a lot of people say this because I've heard it, McDonald's. Yeah. I worked at McDonald's for three years, bruv. Well, to the KFC for two. Bro, <laughs> man, that instills like... Communication skills. Yeah, how to work like under a structured environment. You're watching systems, procedures, and you're looking at a service-based business quick as well. Yeah, you know because their turnaround, they got to try and get in and out. I love KFC until I've eaten it. <laughs> <I feel like> <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> oh <laughs> I fuck, man. But that's crazy, man. That's yeah, hundred percent. That and for me, it was um, installing fiberglass pools. I fucking hated that, man. How did you get oh involved my in that? God, I just had a family friend who did it for a business, no. and they um said to my mom they needed a hand, like, <laughs> a few days a week, and he'd pay me cash. Oh, my God. Trying to go to the gym. Yeah. Bro, props to, like, tradies, brickies. I don't know how they do it, man. Yeah. Like, unless they're eating a crazy amount of food. Yeah. I have just at 8, 10 hours a day in the sun, burnt, yeah. like, super fatigued. To try and go and lift weights after that is just, like, Oh man, I just remember, like I would sit, I'd get home, I'd have a shower, I'd eat quick and I'd be like, all right, I'm going to go train. Yeah. i will sit on there in my bed and be like, I just want to go to bed. Like I'm exhausted. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? I had that. But props to them, man. They get yeah. it done. You know what I mean? I,
0: I, I, I've never, I can't say I've ever done even stolen in glasses, but I did a short, a very short period of time working for a demolition company.
1: Oh, very similar though, because I had to rock up. And take out the old pool before we could install. So oh. it's 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 demolition. Yeah, you you'd be able to. Uh, they chuck a skip bin out the front. Yeah, they drop you off with a wheelbarrow. Yeah, and they say, right, Joseph, can you just clean this up and fill up the skip?
0: Actually, what they did to me was I would drive down to this spot, right, and they just dump all the rocks and all that shit. My job was for about eight hours a day was to get in between the rocks and just pull out the rubbish. Oh, no. <laughs> and then get in between the machines and pull out the metal wiring between them and clean the machines. Oh. It was the most soul-destroying job I ever did. And these guys, they would just get inside and I felt jealous of them because they would literally just get inside their machines and just shovel shit, listen to the radio, eat the food. And I was out there actually in the field getting told off all the time. If I wasn't working quick enough and I was just like...
1: Literally, man. But I'm sure you were the same as me. It's like, I was getting it done. I knew... I knew that I had to do the job in front of me, but I, there was always that little voice in my head that was like, this is not what I'm going to do in my life. There you go. And I think if th- that's the most important thing is if anyone's listening to this and you're doing something you don't like, like start working outside there of you what go. you're doing on your little hustle, because there's a reason you're having that little voice in your head telling you that you don't want to spend your life doing this, mm. telling you that you're so capable of so much more, you know, we need to lean into that voice rather mm. and not let, society's expectations of us go like oh no you know you're tired you shouldn't go home and work on that don't go train you know nah this is important job like you're you're making a difference you're not making a difference making like like working for a demolition company you know what i mean
0: what would you say about those people though they wake up and they have a job that they hate but their motivations for doing it is something so much greater like do you ever meet the mums or the dads they hate their job but they got kids and that's what
1: i was about to say yeah like there's obviously outliers like we're not all meant to work for ourselves no we're not all meant to you know build businesses help other people in service bases whatever there is people out there that are meant to work for other people and i mean my what's called stepdad's a testament to that Mm. super successful man in botswana What's he do? Um, he was owned at HP Computers. So he, okay. he owned in Botswana Hewlett-Packard Computers mm-hmm. um, back when HP was massive pre-Apple. You oh, know what I mean? When yes. it was huge. Remember Microsoft was so big. Yeah, He owned HP Computers, had tons of employees, was a big boss. I remember every day he'd, p- he'd take me to school in his little BMW Z3, cool. was wearing a suit. Always super successful. Basically when we moved to Australia, he obviously, to come to Australia, you have to have something. So to be an immigrant, you have to invest in economy in Australia, you have to contribute somehow. Mm-hmm. You have to be a nurse or something like that. You know what I mean? So basically what he did is he bought into IGA, which is Independent Grocers Australia. Um, so he bought a couple of IGA's down south and invested in the company. But immediately he went from being up here in Botswana mm. to almost just middle-class here wow. in Australia.
0: But only oh. IGA's is pretty fucking impressive. Yeah,
1: it was amazing, but the IGA's weren't doing great. So he was doing okay and he invested in enough to uh, get us here, but ultimate sacrifice. Like mm-hmm. he, my parents live in Mandari, which I don't know where you know if you know that, isn't it? Clarkson, yeah, not, yeah. it's not super far from Yanchit, but his IGA's are in Rockingham. So he was driving, how's that for work ethic? Might, yeah, so yeah. you go from owning like Hewlett-Packard here in Botswana, this yeah. super successful business to coming to almost sacrificing so much so that your family can be better off, so that all your six siblings, all your kids can have better opportunities. So like I will I can't stand when my little brothers and sisters, because obviously they don't know, man, yeah. have goes at my dad or dad's so annoying or dad tells us off all the time. That man, I have the ultimate respect for that man. Mm-hmm. He took the ultimate sacrifice so that we could all mm-hmm. have a better opportunity at life. Mm-hmm. But doubling back exactly what you're saying, he needed to do that. It was his job to do that. Mm-hmm. He couldn't have kept going and saying, "No, I'm going to be more and more successful. Selfish, selfish, selfish." So yeah, there is men out there, or women out there, single moms, single dads, mm-hmm. even heck, grandparents that have had to raise you know children, and it's like that's they they've had to sacrifice, and that's their duty. You know, they've they've got to work the hours. You know, they've got to pay the mortgage off. You know, they've got to support the kids or whatever. We both know people that have had kids super early, yeah, and they can't afford to. Step back and go like, oh, I'm just going to earn, earn peanuts for a month while I build this side hustle. Mm. You know what I mean? Whereas we're lucky enough to have that. Um, I think I've just been aware of that from a young age and watching what my dad, my stepdad did to a degree to go like, all right, I'm not going to do the traditional thing. I'm not just going to jump into a mortgage like all my other friends are. Mm. I'm not just going to get married, even though I'm, I I've, have been with people that I thought – you know, I could propose Thank you. For a scale. Thank you. I'm not just, you know, I'm, I've played the long game. Me you too. You know what I mean? Me and too. it's important because, like, I've, I even see, I see you almost sometimes around River, and I, I didn't know you realized you guys were together. Yeah. But until I actually saw your Instagram and like saw you guys in Bali and stuff like that, like you look like you're having a blast. Yeah. And I'm sure, like, you've been together for a while. Nearly de- two years, yeah. And I'm sure, I'm sure you've had someone, a parent or a friend or someone say, "Oh man, are you gonna marry her." When are, to when are you gonna propose? Or someone maybe even from her side. Oh yeah, and it's like you you, you shouldn't. Man, how many times do you feel this pressure? How many videos you see on TikTok of girls? They're like, oh my god, when are you gonna propose to me? Like, oh my, yeah. when? Are you? And it's like they put all this pressure. Yeah, and it's like they don't realize it actually makes it's the opposite. You know, they don't. It makes the man like not want to do that. It's, it's like that,
0: it does. That's why I got. That's why I'm telling people I got off social media because I was so sick of feel like I had to make all these expectations i'm 24 now i don't so young yeah <laughs> i don't make shit i don't make sh- like fucking six figures like you see all these guys on these e-commerce shit i don't drive like a ferrari and i'm seeing all these young kids and they're doing that i'm, I'm just like why do i feel like i have to sustain to that you are where you're s- exactly where you're supposed to be yeah and i'm i get so sick of all these expectations being placed on people like do you ever see like those motivational accounts on instagram by like by 30 you should have a six figure business you should drive like you should have like 12 wives you should be fucking six lamborghinis some that.
1: kid in his basement making little infographics but no nah, it's true it's like society has these these preform like expectations of what we're supposed to do mm-hmm. like the mortgage the house You know, the successful business, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, sports car and like it's clothes. And how many people do you know that like they can't afford something, but they're like after paying like a, because they're after paying like some Gucci, whatever, because (laughs) they think they need to wear exactly to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I think the best, the best way you can get successful is like, if you're like focusing on yourself, like, Mm -hmm. like man, get a haircut, (laughs) get a haircut, focus on yourself, like present yourself well be a nice person, treat other people how you'd want to be treated. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel, I've i always been under the impression like how you, what you put out into the world, like how you are, is mm-hmm. what you're going to kind of attract.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And like my mum's full Christian. like she's oh, really? really religious. So oh. I've grown up Christian Baptist. Okay. I can't stand here today and say I don't believe in God, but I can't stand here and say I do. I'm mm-hmm. not going to say I don't because oh. you don't, like, how do we know? Like how you said, it, we're uh, all just trying to figure this thing out. Uh, but I've always felt like me and my mum have this running joke. Cause I've always felt like the universe is like looked out for me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like there's always been someone up there. That's like, if I've needed an opportunity or if I'm not going through the best time, there'll be like a random client call that I used to work with. Like, Hey bro, let's sign up back. And I'm like, what the <laughs> hell? you know what I mean? Like what the hell? Yeah. But man, there's been times in my life where I've had next to no money. There's been times in my life where I've earned a lot of money. And like, I can tell you that the happiness scale in between there, like you said, is like, it's, it's there. It's, it's there. It's I've there. been, like there. How I've been you, there. How you how you want to perceive the world and how you make the choice to feel yeah. is how you're gonna feel. You know, Correct. like we all have the choice, and we all have the choice on how we get to feel. And it's like, I hate those TikToks. I'm, I'm sure you could see those TikToks or uh, reels, or whatever, where it's like most men lead lives of like silent desperation. And it's like, they've, there's that guy. Oh, and the banjo There's like, no, no, there's a guy at the end of the bed. And he's like, most men begin the day like this. And he's like, oh, <laughs> super depressed. And I'm like, yeah, I've definitely had days like that. Yeah. But if I wake up in the morning and go, oh, I'm so depressed. I'm going to choose to, you know, I'm so sad. I choose to live, feel that way today. Mm-hmm. The chances of feeling better that day and achieving a lot are very slim. Because I'm just going to, I use the analogy, you're packing up and living there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You're almost packing up. But pitching your tent and you're living in that emotion for the day. Whereas versus saying, all right, I'm going to go out for a walk. I'm going to have a cold shower. I'm going to do something. Go train like you say you like to do in the morning. Do something hard Mm -hmm. to set yourself up to feel better that day. Mm -hmm. And then you can focus on the good. I always say to people, "Um, focus on the good and the good gets better. Yeah. yeah. So true. man. It's so true. So good. I I like that. Vice versa, you focus on the negative and it's just going to get worse. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We're the only people, if you think – if you think we're the only species out there that like if we think something bad for long enough, basically, physiologically, our body's going to take that on and we're going to feel like that thing's happening anyway.
0: Does Can that make elaborate sense? elaborate on what you mean by Does that? Does that
1: make sense? So basically, if you think about it, if you and me sit here for long enough mm-hmm. and worried about someone running in here right now and shooting us. Mm-hmm. If we, if, we, if we honestly worried about that so much, physiologically our bodies would start responding. We'd start stressing out. Okay. We'd start, we, you know, you'd start almost feeling like that had already happened versus people actually coming in and doing that. It's like, whereas you look at any other creature or whatever, it's like they're not, they're not, um, they don't have that ability to perceive that. You know what I mean? We have these abilities to like focus on an emotion so hard and focus on something so much that it becomes so true
0: and so important on our mind. Are we talking about manifestation in a way? In a way. Yeah. yeah I okay. guess
1: I might be going off topic and not communicating this as well as I can, but I feel like we're so, we're, if, if we live in an emotion for so long, you're going to start to take that on board and start to feel that as if that things already happened anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we, we live in a world where people are so worried about things happening. I'm not gonna lie, man, I was worried about this podcast. <laughs> you know, I'm, I was like worried in my head, like, oh, are we gonna have a good conversation? Am I gonna say the right things? Am I gonna stuff up? Am I gonna cough? Like I was talking about the other day because I've been sick. Like, am I gonna um, make myself come across like stupid? All these things that, that, that negative self-talk that I, start, I was worrying about, I was anxious about, they could have stopped me from even being here. Okay. Like I could have messaged you and said, this morning, oh Joseph, like, bro, I'm actually not feeling well. Like, let's do another time, you know. And we wouldn't be having this sick conversation right now. Mm-hmm. So it's like we're the only species that have that ability to almost like, you know, you focus on something so, so for so long negative that it's, you're, you're gonna it's, you're gonna take it on board. Okay. Like your body in a natural like from a stress response, your body's gonna start responding to that as it, as if it was true. Okay. You
0: know? So there's two things I'm taking away from this. What you're saying is like, um, a body does. Is a direct, sometimes it can be a direct, um, it can be in direct correlation to the way our mind is feeling. You know, if you feel like shit, eventually you feel like your body's going to feel like shit as well. Hands down. And the other thing you're sort of telling me is goes back to the old Seneca quote, which is that we suffer more in imagination than we do in reality. Beautiful. Um, 1000%. And I feel like that's where we're going. And it's just. Surprisingly enough, like why is it that you always oh, have a question? Why is it you, us ask humans? Why is it, we, why is it we do that? Like, where did that actually come from? Like, it's and this is something I feel like come through us over time in society. Like 1000% man. And I
1: think it's, it gets chalked up now and almost like people take the piss out of meditation and stuff like that. And it's like, kind of like viewed as hippie now. And oh my God, bro, just focus on the now. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's actually true. Like, mm-hmm. I had a pivotal moment when I stopped, stopped being a mechanic. When I actually started reading a lot of philosophy, mm-hmm. like yeah, a lot of Seneca stuff. And but for me, one of the main, one of the biggest eye openers for me was reading Eckhart Tolle's book, The Power of Now. I couldn't
0: read that. Really? I, I found it... So, I'm sorry. So boring? I'm sorry, I found it so dog shit boring. Bro, I could get past the first 20 pages. But see what I
1: mean? So you found that dog shit boring. It didn't even <laughs> affect you. But that point in my life... Yeah. Like, I needed to hear that. Yeah. You know, I had just broken up with, a, like, a long-term girlfriend at the time. Mm. I was super lost. Didn't know much about stoicism, you know, stuff like that. And then I remember just coming across Eckhart Tolle's work. And, yeah, I think looking back at it now, I could probably laugh at it a bit. But I remember just reading this one chapter. See out of a whole book, this is the one thing that meant that stuck with me. It's not even a chapter, sorry, a sentence. He talks about living on a park bench homeless in absolute bliss, in awe of the nature and stuff around him. Mm -hmm. And so in my current situation, feeling like, oh, I'm not earning enough money. I hate this job. I want to do this. I want to work for myself. I want to, you know, have all these followers, whatever. I was stuck in the, the wrong stuff. And I started thinking like, Oh, what this guy is like living on a park bench in like absolute bliss, homeless, mm-hmm. taking in his surroundings, grateful. How am I not grateful for the situation I'm in? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think that just bridges the gap for me as well. I, I haven't really dabbled with a lot more of his work, but just just that ability to focus on the now. I think it's it gets taken the piss out of now. Like
0: mm-hmm. how know, how how do this is the thing though. When people say focus on the now. How do people actually focus on the now? Like, is it something that you? Is for it me, for me, it's.
1: I think it's going to be based on the individual.
0: Like, okay. But like, it's touching.
1: Like, like just before how I was saying, I was worried about this podcast before it had even happened. Okay. Whereas if I had, like, I th- th- and then, I woke up this morning and just thought, no, like, let's focus on what we can control. H- leading up to the podcast, get a, Go for a nice walk this morning. Had breakfast. Had a shower had some caffeine to help me probably like speak a little bit better. You know what I mean? I focused on what I could control Mm -hmm. rather than just sitting at home, stressing about the future Mm -hmm. and being anxious Mm -hmm. rather than the now, you know, anxiety is obviously worrying about the future. Depression is focusing on the past. That's what they say. And then focusing on the current moment. I feel like I can always find something in the current moment that I'm grateful. for. Like right now I could be stressed about anything like a client's result or work this week but i could sit here and go like fuck we're having a sick conversation like it's cool to hang out joseph you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like there's always something like never thought i'd have the ability to speak like this you know be in a cool studio like this you know Mm -hmm. there's always something to focus on but i think like you said doubling back on having the ability to focus on the now the biggest thing i focus on my clients is breathing really i think most of us most of us just don't even realize how we breathe most days you know we're just we're just our bodies just on autopilot almost. You know, oh. And most people don't realise that they've got this dysfunctional breathing. I come across so many mouth breathers. Like, sorry, this is going off a little bit topic, but focusing on the moment. Like, if you think about when you're younger, you get the flu, mm-hmm. snotty nose, whatever. You got to breathe through your mouth. Mom's yeah. not going to run around blowing your nose for you. So you just start breathing through your mouth. You might develop these. It might be from a sickness or it might be from someone else. My stuff, nose, whatever. You develop these poor breathing patterns, where you're not actually getting enough oxygen in. You're not utilizing that. You're not breathing properly. You're not utilizing your actual diet. You're not getting a diaphragmatic breathing, so you're not actually able, you know, to control that vagus nerve, that nervous system as well as possible. So a lot of people are in this <laughs> heightened state, you know, where they're breathing out of the upper upper body. They're breathing out of their chest. They're not actually <sighs> relaxing. You know what I mean? So they wonder why they're super anxious, always going from thing to thing, struggling to, and they're the same people that go, like, oh my God, you're so gay. We're you doing your meditation, focusing on the now. You know, I think people reckon, so for meditation for me was always an easy way of coming back to the moment. And I think people view meditation as, you know, sitting down, legs crossed, you know, with like bloody music on, <laughs> whatever. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they view it as that, but meditation can be like anything. You know, like I sat in my car before i pulled up today and just had a couple of deep breaths and i was like you're gonna have fun bro like so let me see and you know even just those two three big breaths brought me just back to the present moment you oh. know what i mean oh, okay and so i think the biggest thing even for my clients sorry to double back on what i was saying before is like just trying to be a bit more aware of how you're breathing
0: okay so breathing as a form of meditation and meditation has many forms like do you 100%. have any other do you like do any writing do you journal
1: man i i used to do a lot of writing i don't write as much anymore I used to focus on, you know, having like sort of three um, goals every day. Don't do this so well anymore. I should probably get back to it. It's a good practice, but I'm going to imply it, implement it with um, a few of my clients that are dr- starting a challenge in a couple of weeks, which we'll talk about in a sec. But um, basically just having like sort of three goals a day, three whether goals, it yeah. be a nutrition goal. You know, we all know something. There's always that little voice in the back head like, oh, I'm not drinking enough water. Oh, I should have some more protein. Oh, shit, I didn't have my creatine today. Oh, shit, I didn't have my subs. It's going to be individual, whatever that is. So for me, that first goal is that nutrition goal. Might be drink more water, might be get your subs in, might be have more, pro- hit your protein, track your calories, whatever. It's going to be based on the individual. The second is training goal, like didn't train today, go and train, lift a bit heavier, get your steps in, whatever. It's going to be based on the individual. And then the third is like a personal development. Mm-hmm. So that's going to change time to time. For me, it was at the moment is just reading like 10 pages of a book.
0: Easy. Something
1: easy yet. Yeah. yeah. But I have to be interested in it. You know what I mean? I can't read. I'm kind of a skim reader. Like, I'm not going to sit and read. Like, I'm. Um, I think it's just my, like, sort of ADHD mind. It would just go. Like, I'm sure you can hear from this podcast that we're going off in tangent, tangent, tangent. But I'll read, like, a page and then be like, shit, I need to read that again.
0: Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? I, everyone gets that. Yeah. I don't even get that myself. But, like, I'm. Um, that it, it comes down to what you read. Do you? There's do you? Are you one of those people that feels like they can listen to certain types of books and they have to read others? Yeah, or do you so feel like I'm, you got to read a book, then you got to listen to it another time?
1: Yeah. No, I'm I'm a big audio book guy. Oh yeah. I, I like audiobooks because I'll walk or train or when okay. I drive. What do you listen Same to? Same with the podcast. Um Forty eight laws of power by Robert Green. Have you heard? Yeah. That?
0: I keep hearing, seeing that popping up. I've listened to Mastery. I and always find I, I I find I find some books like that they are so filled they're fi- so filled with so much clutter there's only like two or three things you can take away from it so if i'm one of those people that if i'm reading a book or um if I, if i'm reading a book or i am listening to one i if I, as soon as i start to feel like this isn't working for me i stop you straight stop, away yeah. but there's another way we can go around this if there's a there's a there's a company i don't um sorry there's a online where you can go to it's called short form where they break a book down into like 20 pages for me yeah. sometimes I'll read through that first have a rough idea what it's about then I'll go and find it the actual big thing it's what the actual get the actual thing itself like a website or something yeah it's called short form you pay for a yearly subscription but you get access to three books a week awesome so man.
1: so you can sort of proofread books before you even decide to read them. correct that makes that make that would make because yeah. I yeah even in 48 Laws of Power like there's a lot of fluff
0: yeah and you can just learn the 48 Laws just right there, yeah. there.
1: and that's what I mean like even the 48 laws of power though like it's pretty interesting because it's like I think banned in some prisons and stuff like that because they've actually some like um, what's it called prisoners used it to like you know try and control the guards and things like that really it's a very weird book though man like you have to take it for a grain of salt because it can be a bit like it's talking about how you can deceive others and
0: I've read the 50th law though yeah the one with um, Robert Gip Green and Fifty Cent. Yeah. Um, and then it was the same thing. You kept talking a lot about Fifty Cent getting shot. Fifty Cent getting shot in every single fucking chapter. But yeah. I'm like, can you if go on about something? Can you move else? on to something else? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But I think, yeah, I'll always read um nonfiction. Really? Yeah. And do you read any fiction at all? Nah, not at all, man.
0: Oh, you want like my book then? <laughs> <laughs> are, yeah. you, are you writing fiction? Yeah, I'm writing fiction.
1: Awesome, man. That's cool. Obviously, yeah. I'll give it a read.
0: Yeah. Uh, the the f- it's a it's a project I've been working on. Um, for a few months now about... Just almost halfway, actually. Awesome. Um, Because for me, writing... I put it this way. I tell people this. If you... When you are... And I'm sure you can agree. But when you are... Um, doing something creative, you are your most authentic self and you're your most happiest 1000% So you could see like you could be most happiest in the gym floor when you're helping people When you're working with people and all that And that's one thing I've always tell people to go for And for me that's always been writing Like I've always written short stories throughout my entire life you know? made you happy Yeah awesome. And that's why I pretty much almost journal every day Yeah So that's why I came into it But fictional books for me have always just been always good escape I'm yeah. glad But do you ever read like autobiographies and anything?
1: I think, yeah, autobiography was too really good but I think it's influenced my mum the non not liking fiction. Really? Because when we grew up we weren't allowed to, I wasn't allowed to, like I said, religious, I wasn't allowed to watch um, Harry Potter. Oh. I wasn't allowed to listen. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons. No, what about Lord of the Rings? No, my mum, bro, any, oh, that was wizardry, bro. S- I wasn't Star allowed Wars? To do that. No, no, no. no. <laughs> my dad would let me watch Stars when I'd see him. Okay, As okay. like a little treat. But uh, yeah, every swear word in the car my mum would like turn the music down while oh, it was no. on. Like I was kind of like. I'm um, sheltered, young. So I'm guessing you didn't she get a gangster music. Or no, g- oh, man. <laughs> like, obviously, I feel like I went the other way because of how strict my mom was. Like, I was super into, like, rap and stuff early on. But that's what I mean. But, like, so I think that's just probably what influenced me not reading, you know, fiction. Oh, uh, wow. So it's, like, weird, eh? But, yeah, my mom was always like that. Now, my littlest brother, he's, like, 11, He's like gets away with anything, can watch whatever, do whatever. And it's like this is the last child thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, you just. Oh. I, was the, I was the first man.
0: I was my mom's first. It, wow. My yeah, mom's first yeah. out of yeah. all of the, like. So it's like. And then you go to was, and you see your little brother. And be like you have no idea how easy you've got a champion. <laughs> Literally, bro. <it's> so
1: <laughs> annoying. Fuck. It's funny, but yeah, nah. It's funny how what we're brought up is what shapes us, like what, how where we go and do certain things. Like I'm sure you were probably influenced a lot by fiction, maybe when you were younger.
0: Well, for me, it was just I don't know, just I don't. Uh, t- Growing up as a kid, I didn't have – I had a lot of speech therapy because obviously losing my – yeah. at a very young age. So I always preferred to read and I actually preferred to um, – I preferred to read than I did actually prefer to speak. And I was always caught daydreaming. Yeah. And I always had these ideas in my head and I never knew what they meant. But people ca- – and it's a weird thing to see, but people always catch me talking to myself. No way. It's weird and especially I'm when I'm in the gym. and People catch me talking to myself. It's because I'm thinking about something in my head like, and I'm thinking about a creative idea. Self-talk. Yeah. And I'm thinking about like what I'm going to write about. I'm thinking about what I'm going to think about a character. And then I think to myself, that is when and I just realised that is actually when I'm also incredibly uh, happy in a state of flow. I'm not worrying about my bill. I'm not worried no, about, about if I'm going to have enough money by the end of the week. I'm not going to be able to worry about my rent and all that shit. I'm thinking about an imaginary character that I'm going to write a story for and then... Blah, blah, blah. Man,
1: I think you just said it like I thought flow as soon as he said it in my head. I was yeah. thinking the exact same thing. I think that's a better way to describe the present moment than we, I did before. Mm-hmm. Just trying to find a way to get into that flow state. Because mm-hmm. we all have it. But we all just, a lot of people just aren't aware of what it is yet. Or they're, they're just subconsciously doing it and not aware. Like they're going home and game for like three hours in complete flow not realising that they could actually set that that up as a little side
0: hustle. Okay, I just got to say that. Were you allowed to game
1: that as a child? Was that against <laughs> your parents' rules? Uh, I, but I was only allowed to play COD and stuff at a certain age. Really? Bro, mum is strict. Now she's not super bad. And did
0: like now she's, she's super chill.
1: Hey, um, <laughs> he's Fortnite. Oh, God, <laughs> he loves no. a Fortnite. Well, I guess times have changed. We used to p- smash Modern Warfare 2. You know, yeah. like Newtown days, whatever. But um, what's it called? Um, yeah, my brother plays Fortnite now. Uh, it's completely different. Stuff's changed. More that? PC. Yeah, I played a little bit, but I just, I couldn't get into the builds in that, man.
0: I couldn't, I could, uh, when I just looked at it, I'm like, that doesn't I, look even remotely attractive to me.
1: I can see that was like, I could see from a like ADHD mindset, how cool it would be to like get quick at like, building and like killing people and stuff. And obviously you're the last person on the map, the VR, you're the, you're the winner. You know, it's like, it's kind of like free for all in COD, mm-hmm. but I just could never, yeah, get there was too much into it. My mates went balls deep into it and I was just, was doing other stuff you still play? No, not at all. I don't even have a console. Me yeah. and my house, I live with my best friend. Mm-hmm. And we were actually talking about it yesterday or the day before, saying, man, we need to get FIFA or something. Mm-hmm. It would be, like, fun to just have a little competitive game to play yeah. at home every now and then. Yeah. But, yeah, I think just like you were saying before, man, I think it's a better way of me saying getting and finding that. I think because, yeah, the power of now and that present moment stuff is a bit heebie now. I think just people trying to find their flow. Because like you said before, man, when I'm making videos or when I'm exercising that creative muscle, that's when I'm so much
0: happier, right? Eh? Is that your definition of flow?
1: I rec- I would say when I'm at making a video, it might not even be the time of making a video, but when I'm at home editing the video, like I'll be in complete flow. There might be two or three hours pass and I'll completely justify those three hours. I don't care. Wow. I've made terrible videos that have taken me like four or five hours to edit, <laughs> you know, and I've watched back and gone, damn, I should have done this, this, this but you learn from it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you just learn like, oh, I could have done this a little bit better, this, that a bit better. But yeah, that's for me as well as coaching my clients. Yeah. Like during a session, I, I've rarely, unless I'm looking when the next client might be coming in, I'm rarely looking at the time. i are just enjoying that session with that that's person. Awesome. And that's what, that's how, you know, and same with even my support work with Nick, you know, days will fly, mm-hmm. six hour shift will go by and me and him have done all this stuff and we're just hanging out. You know, yeah. it's like, it's, I guess, yeah more people need to find that flow. Mm. I think that's important. Like I think even double doubling back on that, like if we're closing this podcast soon is I think more people should just find that, you know, and even saying it in a way like that, I I don't think I've actually said it like that. Find your flow. Mm. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Bro,
1: It might be swimming for some people.
0: Okay. I'm going to give you a book because you're dropping all the good stuff right now. Yeah. Um, you told me you did a little before the pod you did a little bit of jujitsu and all that. You did it for a while. Yeah. Um, you know who Hicks and Grace is? Yeah. He yeah. made a book called Brief, A Life in Flow, which is his autobiography. Yeah. Um Great book. Insanely great book. I'll and he talks about how he used jujitsu to get him through everything and he talks about what you're saying right now. When people are expressing themselves, like time becomes Time, well, time becomes a construct. Yeah. That's what it's I was going to skewed, say. skewed, yeah. Your yeah.
1: perception of time changes completely. Yeah. and you're doing things you like love. Like even right now, how long have we been talking?
0: An hour and now we're in 10 minutes actually. Feel, <laughs> you know, we're like, going to be wrapping up soon, but, but yeah. it feels like
1: 10 minutes, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. our wow. perception of time, because we're enjoying doing this more than probably our if we were at McDonald's or KFC doing our shit old shifts back in the day oh. to come full circle, how oh. much do you yeah. look clock. at the clock? <laughs> bro, I was clock watching the shit out of that, yeah, you know, all the time. Versus now, like, hour and a half fr- flew by and it feels like we've just been chatting for 10 minutes because mm-hmm. you're on the path, because fi- we, we are in that flow. We're finding things that we're supposed to be doing. That's how I feel like you know that what you're supposed to be doing is, like, right. Mm-hmm. You know, like, where the, I, I'm excited to wake up every day, bro like i can't tell you the last time i didn't even if i have the shittest night's sleep and i'm rolling over looking at my phone at 2 a.m and i know i've got a four thirty alarm mm-hmm. i'm still closing my eyes like yes like you know a few hours like till tomorrow
0: what was the point where you realized you'd reach that though like surely that was not the whole the whole time though
1: Nah, not at all man nah. i dreaded like i when i was a mechanic like i said i was worked I mean, it's not too far from here, actually. I worked as a turbo technician at like a aftermarket turbocharger manufacturer, and I absolutely hated it, man. Wow! Fuck. My boss was coming in all the time, like I just paid off my mortgage, yeah. Just got a two hundred series, oh god, like you're brand new, you know. And it's like you. It, it wasn't until I got that phone call confirming that I had the job at the care place, and I could, so I could I knew I could resign from the mechanic, mm-hmm. where I just started crying. Like I broke down crying. I went to wow. the toilet. I was broke down crying. I was like, You were that happy? I was so happy because I knew that my chapter was about a change and I knew that that person had given me an opportunity. You know, I'd gone and had an interview with the Disability Association. They've yeah. given me opportunity and I knew from then, I knew, sweet, if I've had the ability to work, listen to podcasts, you know, learn about nutrition, biomechanics, training, volume, whatever, um, at, in this job that I hate – as soon as I start this nine to two, I'm going to have so much more time and creative freedom to focus on the other stuff. Wow. You know what I mean? And I'm still learning today, man. Like you talk to anyone in my life, they'll they'll tell you that like I'm, I'm full of ideas. Like I, I almost will help want to sort other people's lives out, but it's executing those ideas. And the older I get, the more I'm realizing that even I'm not the best at that. Wow. Like, we have all these things every day, like that small little voice, like I was saying, finding – we have that small little vo- voice that's trying to find that flow or trying to contribute to society because what are we supposed to do at the end of the day? We're not here to make money. Mm. You know what I mean? You make all the money in the world, you're still going to be left with that feeling yeah. if, you're not, if, if you're not contributing, you know, and getting that satisfaction, mm. you know? But it's like, yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. It's like I wish, I wish I could go back and do it earlier, but at the same time, like I, everything happened exactly how it happened. And I'm glad I can talk about it now. That's
0: important. That's exactly important, yeah.
1: like you said before, going back to what we said, like halfway through potties, like we are exactly where we're supposed to be. Exactly. I mean, I don't want to put pressure on myself. Like, Oh Cal, you should have done this last week. You should do this. Like that's what ne- tomorrow's for. Or that's yeah. what today's for. Like yeah. just focusing on, I know I'm sure you're the same as like, there's days when, yeah, you might not be as productive as possible. You know, you might not post that video that, you know, you should have, you might not train, you might not track your calories that, you know, you should have eaten your protein, But it's like. And you'll get to the end of the day and you'll feel that. Your head in the pillow, your head's on the pillow and you're like, you're not satisfied. Mm. You know, you can't sleep as well. You're maybe not as tired. Your mind's racing a bit. You've got that brain for you overthinking a little bit. Like I should have done this, should have done that. But then equally, you have those days where you're super productive. You know, like you're saying, you exercise that creative muscle, get in that flow state for as much as you can for the day. Your head hits a pillow on that night. You're straight out to sleep. Because mm. you're, 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 you've you you got that sense of satisfaction. You know exactly. What you're doing is right, and that you're on the path you're supposed to be on.
0: Yeah, I love that, man. I love that. And unfortunately, that's all the time we got for today. No stress, um, thanks so much for having me on. First of all, I was just gonna say that was fucking phenomenal, absolutely love that. Nice. Now, me too, man. Guys, if you want to follow Cal, where can they find you? Um, I'm on
1: TikTok and Instagram as yeah, just follow them on TikTok, Cal- people. <laughs> <laughs> just as a Callum Fraser PT. So, Callum, Callum, Fraser. Callum is the OG spelling, yeah, one L, yeah. And then S for Fraser. Really, one L is one that? One L, bro. That's the OG. Is it? Yeah. Okay. None of that two L shit. <laughs> I'm a one L Cal. One L. One L Callum, cal. bro. Okay. None of this two right. L. <laughs> I'm gonna make sure I put that <laughs> down. You're um, all good, bro. Don't stress.
0: Okay, uh, and they can find you at the June Revo. I'm at Jun
1: Revo, and obviously I coach online. If you go on my Instagram bio, you'll see all my coaching services there. Fill out an application if you like. Otherwise, we can just tee up a chat, whatever, and yeah, you can find me across socials on Calum Fraser PT.
0: Awesome, thank you very much, Thanks man. So guys. Me on, bro. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, don't forget to follow us on the socials. We are now. You know, I'm just gonna say this real quick. I wish, I wish this was a, the 150 episode.
1: Oh no, you're right. I, I wish. Let's it, make this happen again.
0: I will, will. I'll make it happen again at some point. Um, but I'm just gonna say a confession. Um, I wish this was the 150 episode because of how good it fucking was. And that would have been a great way to have the 150 episode. But this is episode 149 of Last Set Podcast, and that's game.